A couple of my closest friends in the whole world are Mike and Kim Satsky, and you may have heard me talk about them before. Kim is a nurse, and Mike is a pastor at the St. Albert Alliance Church uh, in St. Albert. And uh, Maria, I got a little bit of a ring going on here still. Um, Years and years ago, before Mike was the pastor of a big, fancy church like Stack, Mike was actually the youth pastor here at this church. Uh, He was my youth pastor, and if you went back in time to uh, snotty-nosed, rude, disobedient 13-year-old Lucas and told him one day Mike would be one of my best friends, I would have laughed in your face. Youth group was a lot different 20 years ago than it is now. Parents were a lot less concerned about your children's safety uh, than they are now. And Mike was a lot not concerned about safety either. I remember one time on a road trip, uh, we were, I don't remember where we were going, but we were in Calgary and I was late coming back from the gas station that we had stopped at. And so Mike started pulling away slowly in the minivan and to make me jump in the side door, right? Just real safe youth group stuff. And uh, I start, I, I'm running alongside the van. I put my hand on the A post to jump in. And just then he slams on the brakes and the door slides shut right onto my hand, right onto my knuckles. And it hurts so bad. And I was a little dramatic kid. And I'm like laying on the ground, rolling and screaming in agony. And instead of attending to me, Mike and Kim got into a fight about how reckless he is. (laughs) And so they're fighting with each other instead of taking care of me. I I still have a scar on my knuckles. It was, that was, that. now we're friends somehow. Or the time when Mike, uh, well, I was 14, and Mike called me into his office to have a chat. I had just started dating a girl, and she was my very first girlfriend. And Mike thought I was too young and too irresponsible to be dating and so he told me I should break things off with this girl if, if I don't you know it's not gonna last you, you don't be wasting her time uh, you, you should um, you shouldn't you shouldn't mess around you know and well I guess next week on July 7th me and that girl will celebrate 14 years married and so so Mike you can't get it all right right you can't be right all the time and uh, now Mike lives in St. Albert now, and so I don't get to see him often, which is maybe the secret of our friendship being so good. Uh, but every time I see Mike and Kim, um, I walk away feeling refreshed. Uh, I don't know how many times after spending uh, an evening with them uh, that you know I'm walking away and I say to my wife, I just say, they are good for my soul, right? They're the kind of people in my life who, who fill my cup, and they are one of God's greatest gifts to me. And a couple of weeks ago, Mike and Kim were on their way to Fort McMurray uh, to spend the weekend camping at Gregoire Lake. Uh, You might remember a few weekends ago when it was that rainfall warning weekend and it rained for like five days straight. That was the weekend they decided to go camping at Gregoire Lake. And so I called Mike uh, and he's on his way up and I asked him if he had a tarp, right? So you could put it above the fire pit so you can stay, you know, warm and dry even when it's raining. He said, oh yeah, yeah, I got a tarp. And... uh, so we met them at their campsite that, that day to help them set up, and it was pouring rain. We're all soaked already, and the first thing we set out to do is to cover the fire pit with a tarp. And so we string out the ropes to the trees, and it is perfect. Like, man, it was perfect. It only took us a few minutes covering that fire pit, and so then we go under the tarp for the first time, 
and discover that the tarp is so old and so frayed that it does not stop the rain. Like the rain is just, like it, it was at worst under the tarp somehow, if you can believe it. <laughs> it turns out that that tarp was a tarp that Mike bought when he was a youth pastor here at Fort City 20 years ago. So it had seen countless youth trips, it had been on countless camping trips, and over time it had just become basically a destroyed tarp, left battered and bruised, nothing like it was when it was brand new. And sometimes our souls and our hearts and our minds can be like that tarp. Time and trouble have the same effect on each one of us. Life can beat us up. Hard times hurt us. The world throws everything it can at us. And because it happens over time, slowly, it's possible for us not to notice until the rain comes and we discover suddenly that everything is in shambles, that we are exhausted, that we are tired and that our faith isn't what it once was that our souls are dry now over the last year i have sat with many of you over coffee and i have heard your stories and you've sat in that big yellow chair in my office and you've told me a bit about your pain you guys i i've heard you have been through the ring we have had a hard go and families have been pushed to the brink and, and and relationships have been tested like never before it feels like it's just been one thing after another for so many of us and i've heard you ask a question a, a hard question a, a, but a fair question in the middle of your mess in the middle of your exhaustion your soul in tatters you ask does he care does god really care does he even know does he even care this week was a weird week for me uh, pastors have a, like a weird job sometimes and early in the week uh three big things happened this week early in the week uh, i talked to a, a new mom with a newborn baby boy about getting her son dedicated here at church during one of our services and then on Tuesday, I had the privilege of marrying a couple who have been in, long, in love for a very long time. And then later in the week, uh, I wrote a letter for my dad to read to my aunt, who is in hospice care right now in Regina. And next time I see her, it will be in the kingdom of heaven. This week, I had the privilege of caring for a new and precious life the privilege of joining two lives together as one and the privilege of being part of ushering someone from this life into the next with dignity you guys God cares from the beginning to the end he cares from the moment he breathed life into your body and into your spirit to the moment your body and spirit enter into eternity he cares and he cares in a way that only somebody who understands can care. He cares because he knows what it's like to hurt. About 10 years ago, I, uh, I injured my back really, really badly at uh, a fire. And I wish I could tell you it was because I was like 
rescuing somebody on my shoulders or like dragging someone away from a burning building or like lifting something heavy up, somebody trapped. Uh, but I hurt my back at the end of the call, taking a step into the fire truck. One step. That was it. And I was, I, it was excruciating. My, I, I, all I could see was red. I fell to the ground. I could hardly breathe. I, it was terrible. I'm embarrassed that all I had to do was step into the truck to hurt myself, but it was the worst pain I've ever been in. And uh, you guys, my own crew, my own crew had to pick me up off the ground and put me in a stretcher and put me in the back of an ambulance. And uh, it, it was so embarrassing, but I was in so much pain, I couldn't be embarrassed. And for some reason, they loved me so much that they sent me in with the rookie nurse somebody who had didn't have very many calls under her belt. And so when we got to the hospital, this, uh, this rookie, and I don't blame her, when you're new, you make mistakes. Uh, she came around to the back of the ambulance to roll the stretcher out of the back of the ambulance and take me into the ER. And as she pulled me out of the back, she forgot to pull the lever that lowers the legs. <laughs> I, f I fell to the ground on that stretcher and I, I blacked out. It was, it was so much pain. And when I finally opened my eyes, I, all I could see was her standing there crying. And I wish I could tell you I had compassion for her, but I just said, you don't get to cry. <laughs> <sighs> it was horrible, you guys, and it gets worse. It doesn't even end there. She couldn't figure out how to lift the stretcher up to waist level. And so she rolled me into the ER. I was still in uniform. Oh man, it was, it was embarrassing. But I learned something that day. I learned just how uncomfortable it is for my patients to be strapped to a hard stretcher. I learned that it hurts the back of your head and neck, and I learned that every turn, every break, every acceleration is uncomfortable back there. And because I learned that, from that point forward, I was more concerned about the comfort of my patients. I was a better EMT. I would put blankets over the hard services, and I'd ask if they needed an extra pill. Because I had experienced what they experienced, I was better at my job. God doesn't care for us as someone who doesn't know failure or pain or exhaustion. These are things that Jesus knows firsthand. Speaking of Jesus, Paul said this. He wrote, it's a famous poem. He said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus wasn't content to come to earth and sit just above the human experience, but he chose to totally envelop himself in it, the good and the bad. And so when Jesus preached, he experienced what it was like for people to turn around and misrepresent him and misquote him, twist his words, make him say something he never said. 
So many people wanted help from Jesus that he experienced the exhaustion of what it means to give and give and give and receive nothing back. When his close friend Lazarus died, Jesus wept and experienced the sorrow of losing a friend far too early. When Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, Jesus discovered the pain of being hurt by somebody he loved. And when he was arrested and his friends abandoned him and hid, Jesus learned what it was like to feel alone. Are you tired? He knows what it's like, and he cares. Are you broken? He knows what it's like, and he cares. Are you empty? He knows, and he cares. D.L. Moody was a 19th century evangelist and pastor, and he wrote in his book, Secret Power, this line, Before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray for him to empty us. Thanks, D.L. Moody. If you are empty today, I have good news for you. He wants to fill you. The preaching schedule here at Fort City is uh, decided months in advance. Um, the, today's topic was put on the calendar a long, long time ago, and today I'm supposed to preach about Psalm 23. Probably one of the most famous of all the 155 Psalms. It's this beautiful poem that talks about how much God cares about us and how he wants to lead us next to green pastures and bubbling brooks and give us everything that we could ever need or want or desire. It's good stuff. It's a great little, uh, it's a great little psalm. But the truth is, today this, this message is hard for me to preach. The truth is, today I am tired. My cup feels empty. My babbling brook feels all dried up. And like many of you here today, the last few months have really kicked our butts. The staff team here at Fort City meet with the staff team of YWAM every Wednesday to pray for you and to pray for each other. And this week I asked them to pray for me because I didn't want to get up on this stage today and lie to you and tell you that everything is good and peachy and great. I knew I had to preach about this song and I knew it was going to be hard because right now it just doesn't really feel like my soul is being renewed. Psalm 23 is beautiful, though. It was written by a guy named David. I'm just going to read it for you. It's not very long. Let me read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows, and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Man, I want that to be true. I want to experience that today. I want you to experience that today. And I think God must have a sense of humor 
Because right before this beautiful Psalm 23, hopeful, encouraging, beautiful poem is Psalm 22. Another one written by David. Let me read you how that one starts. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift up my voice, but I find no relief. Come on, David, make up, make up your mind, right? Is God a good shepherd who leads you into green meadows and still waters, or has he abandoned you? And the truth is, honestly, today I feel more like my God, my God, than my God, the shepherd. And I know some of you feel this way too. And I wish, I wish I could tell you that God wants to make everything perfect and good and great for you all the time, that you are supposed to live that 23, Psalm 23 life every day of the year. But the truth is there are Psalm 23 days and there are Psalm 22 days. There are days when the sun shines on you and there are days when the rain pours down on you and you discover your tarp is just full of holes. God's promise isn't that you get to avoid all the dark valleys. His promise is that he'll walk through them with you. He knows just how dark things can get and he is committed to caring for us through it all. I'm going to wrap up here in a moment. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and close us in a song. Here's the thing. This morning, there are no words that I can say to help convince you just how much God cares for you. There are not enough stories about falling stretchers or holy tarps that I can share that will make you experience this Psalm 23 blessing. I am not inspiring enough to do that for you. The only way that you can experience the provision and the peace and the pleasure of God is by His presence and power. Only He can do this for you. And you can listen to all the preaching you want and you can pray all the time. You can read your Bible every day, but without the power and the presence of God in your life, none of it matters. Only He can give you the rest that you need. Only He can renew your strength. Only He can give you all that you need. (laughs) You've heard me say it this morning. I don't think pastors are supposed to say it, but I'm, I'm tired. I feel like the well is dry. It's been a hard go. And that, that's all true. But in the middle of all of that, I believe that God cares. He knows and He cares. Brune shared it in our staff meeting this Wednesday uh, about how God fully knows us and He fully loves us. That He knows everything we've ever done, every mistake we've ever made. That He knows exactly what it's like to be us and to hurt and to be in sorrow and exhausted. He knows this. And because... We are fully known by Him. He can fully love us. He loves you and He cares for you. And I believe this morning that God wants to lead some of you into green pastures. I believe this morning God wants to fill your cup to overflowing. And I believe this morning for some of you, God wants you to give you a new tarp that you can rest easy underneath. 
In a moment, the worship team is going to help us wrap up the service with a few moments of worship. But before we do that, I want to do something together. I do believe that this morning, God wants to speak to us. And so I'm going to read Psalm 23 out loud. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you just to listen. I want you to listen and wait for God to speak to you through one of the lines of this chapter. It could be a few lines, it could be one line, but I want you to listen and wait for God to highlight something from Psalm 23 for you this morning. And I'll read slowly and you just listen to see if the Holy Spirit has anything he wants to say to you this morning. And I believe he does. And if you're real brave, when I read it, I, I want to encourage you to put your hands out in front of you like this. Not because this, there's something magical about putting your hands out. Not, it's not extra spiritual. But it is okay for our bodies to reflect the posture of our heart. And this morning, we do want to receive a blessing from God. And so if you're brave, I want to encourage you to put your hands out like this when we, when we read it together. And this morning, uh, you guys running cameras back there and running the sound and, and all the things, um, I, I know that uh, sometimes your job is hard. Your job is to take care of everybody in this room and everybody online. You don't really get to engage in the service because you're focused on, uh, on taking care of the rest of us. I want to encourage you guys, just take a, take a minute now and, and join with us as we do this. The cameras don't need to switch. We, we don't need to put words on the screen or anything like that. Just actually join us as we do this. There's something, one of these 12 lines of Psalm 23 for each of us this morning. And so let me read it. And if you want, if you, if you feel comfortable, close your eyes and put your hands out like this. And let's wait on Jesus to tell us what he wants to give to us this morning. Spirit of God, speak at this moment. We invite you. We quiet our hearts. We quiet our minds. We know there's no words spoken by man, no songs we can sing, no prayers that we can pray that can replace the power and presence of Jesus. And so, Jesus, we invite you to do the things that only you can do here in this place this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all of the days of my life. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much. And we thank you that the, even though sometimes these words are difficult to understand, maybe don't always seem to match our reality, we thank you that they are true, that you give us all that we need. 
So Jesus, I just ask in this room and for everybody who's watching online right now that you would you would answer this prayer. That you would give us all that we need this morning. Pray this in your holiest names.